Hello and welcome to My Daily Trivia. I'm your host, Danny. Today is Tuesday, October 3rd, and I hope that you are having a wonderful day. Now, if this is your first time listening to this show, I, of course, want to say welcome. My Daily Trivia is a 10-round quiz show with no specific themes, no specific topics, and no specific categories. We do, however, have a new episode every day, Monday through Friday. And just like the New York Times crossword, each day gets progressively harder. So today is Tuesday, which means that today will be relatively easy. Of course, it's harder than yesterday, Monday, but uh, not quite as hard as tomorrow, Wednesday. Now, as always, if you find this episode to be a bit challenging, well, I encourage you to listen to it anyway. As a matter of fact, I think you should listen to every day of the week, just because you might learn something along the way. And of course, on the other hand, if you find this episode, this Tuesday episode, to be a bit too simple for your taste, well, congratulations. Why don't you tune in tomorrow? Well, we're going to make it a little bit harder. So without any further delay, let's get into today's round of questions with question number one. What is the Scottish word for lake? And the Scottish word for lake is loch. That's L-O-C-H. Loch is the Irish, Scottish, Gaelic, and Scots word for lake or sea inlet. This name for a body of water is insular Celtic in origin and is applied to most lakes in Scotland and to many sea inlets in the west and north of Scotland. Now, the word comes from the Proto-Indo-European word of locus, which means lake or pool, and is related to the Latin lacus, which is lake or pond, and of course the English word lake. Of course, the most famous of these lochs is the Loch Ness, where the alleged Loch Ness monster lives. And So if ever you can't remember what the Scottish word for lake is, just think of Loch Ness monster, think of Loch Ness, and just think of the word loch. So that's the Scottish word for lake is Lock. Speaking of Scotland, let's talk about someone who's from Scotland with question number two. Who was the first person to play James Bond in a film? And that actor was Sean Connery a famous Scottish actor. Now, Sean Connery played James Bond, a fictional character created by the British journalist and novelist Ian Fleming in 1952. Fleming portrayed Bond as a tall, athletic, handsome secret agent in his 30s or 40s and has been portrayed by seven different actors. Following Connery's portrayal, David Niven, George Lazenby, Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, and Daniel Craig have all assumed the role. Now, I personally think that Daniel Craig probably played the best, but I only say that because I grew up watching Daniel Craig. I also grew up watching Pierce Brosnan and think he did a pretty good job. But of course, Connery was the first one and is the iconic James Bond actor. So once again, that is Sean Connery, the first of seven to play James Bond in a film. Moving on to question number three. What countries made up the original Axis powers in World War II? 
And those countries were Germany, Italy, and Japan. The Axis powers, originally called the Rome-Berlin Axis, was a military coalition that initiated World War II and fought against the Allies. Its principal members were Nazi Germany, the Kingdom of Italy, and the Empire of Japan. Alongside Italy, Romania and Hungary may also be considered among the Reich's main allies. The Axis were united in their far-right positions and general opposition to the Allies, but otherwise lacked comparable coordination and ideological cohesion, especially when compared to the Allies, who orchestrated a lot of their movements and coordinated quite well to defeat them. So once again, those original three in the Axis powers of World War II, that was Germany, Italy, and Japan. Question number four. Which member of the Beatles married Yoko Ono? And of course, that was John Lennon. Yoko Ono is a Japanese multimedia artist, singer, songwriter, and peace activist. Ono grew up in Tokyo and moved to New York City in 1952 to join her family. She became involved with New York City's downtown artist scene in the early 1960s and became well-known in 1969 when she married English musician John Lennon of The Beatles. She and Lennon remained married until he was murdered in front of the couple's apartment building, the Dakota, on the 8th of December, 1980. Together they had one son, Sean, who later also became a musician. Now, there are many things that can be said about Yoko Ono, but my favorite thing about her, the thing that always made me laugh, is there's a video of John Lennon and Yoko Ono's band playing with Chuck Berry. And while they were playing in the middle of the song, it was a live performance on TV. And in the background, Yoko Ono is sitting in the back with a microphone and a little drum, and she just starts screaming in the middle of the song. It's not... It's not scripted. It's not supposed to be there. And the look on Chuck Berry's face when he realized what was happening, she was effectively trying to, she was trying to add to the song, but really she was, she was ruining it. It, it's funny. It's classic. You should look it up. It's just, it's wonderful. It's so funny to watch. In any case, that was Yoko Ono, wife of John Lennon of the Beatles. Question number five, what famous U.S. festival hosted 350,000 fans in 1969. And of course, that was the iconic Woodstock. Woodstock Music and Art Fair, commonly referred to simply as just Woodstock, was a music festival held from August 15th to August 18th 1969, on Max Yasker's dairy farm in Bethel, New York. This was 40 miles southwest of the town of Woodstock, and it was billed as, quote, an Aquarian exposition, three days of peace and music, end quote, and alternatively, referred to as the Woodstock Rock Festival, it attracted more than 400,000 attendees. 32 acts performed outdoors despite sporadic rain, and at the time, it was one of the largest music festivals in history. 
So once again, that was Woodstock, hosted in 1969 in upstate New York. Question number six. Who is the patron saint of Ireland? And he's celebrated by millions every year. It is, of course, St. Patrick. St. Patrick was a 5th century Romano-British Christian missionary and bishop in Ireland. Known as the Apostle of Ireland, he is the primary patron saint of Ireland, the other patron saints being Bridget of Kildare and Columba. Patrick was never formally canonized, having lived before the current laws of the Catholic Church in these matters. Nevertheless, he is venerated as a saint in the Catholic Church, the Lutheran Church, and the Church of Ireland. Now, fun facts, well, maybe not so fun for him, but something I found interesting, is that when he was 16, when St. Patrick was 16 years old, he was captured from his home in Britain by Irish pirates and was brought to Ireland as a slave. Now, he didn't stay there at the time. He eventually escaped back to Britain, but he returned to Ireland later on after becoming a cleric. So that was the patron saint of Ireland, off to a rocky start in Ireland as a slave. Tough start, but he came back and left quite a mark. That was St. Patrick. Moving on to question number seven. Which country do cities of Perth, Adelaide, and Brisbane belong to? And that country is the land down under. That is Australia. Australia's top five major cities and towns by population are Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Perth, and Adelaide. Now, I had a hard time coming up with some interesting facts about the statistics of Australia's cities, so I decided instead to run through just a few fun facts. You know, we always try to have some fun facts in each episode, so why don't I give you a handful of fun facts about Australia? For instance, did you know that the Australian Alps get more snow than the Swiss Alps? Apparently that's true. I looked it up in several different locations And that is true. The Australian Alps get more snow than the Swiss Alps. Another fun fact is that 90% of Australians live on the coast. I've seen pictures of their beaches, and I I can say I'm not surprised. Tasmania apparently has the cleanest air in the world. Perhaps it's just getting pushed up from Antarctica. I'm not sure, but that's what I read. And then another fun fact is that the Indian Pacific Train, located in Australia has the longest straight section of track in the world. So there you go. Learn a little something about Australia today. But uh, on top of all of those fun facts, just remember that Perth, Adelaide, and Brisbane are all located in Australia. Question number eight. How many colors are in the rainbow? And the answer there is seven. There are seven colors in the rainbow. 
Those colors are red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. Now, if you have a hard time remembering those, there's a famous acronym. It is R-O-Y-G-B-I-V, and it is an acronym for the sequence of hues commonly described as making up a rainbow. Now, there are several mnemonics that can be used for remembering this color sequence, such as the name Roy G. Biv, or some sentences, such as, quote, Richard of York gave battle in vain. And if you write all of that out, it does indeed have R-O-Y-G-B-I-V. So count it all up, and that is seven. That is seven colors of the rainbow. Question number nine. Havana is the capital city of what country? And that is the capital city of Cuba. Havana is the capital and the largest city of Cuba. The heart of the La Habana province, Havana is the country's main port and commercial center. The city has a population of 2.3 million inhabitants, and it spans a total of 281 square miles. That's roughly equivalent to 728 kilometers squared. The city of Havana was actually founded by the Spanish way back in the 16th century. It served as a springboard for the Spanish conquest of the Americas, becoming a stopping point for Spanish galleons returning to Spain. Eventually, Philip II of Spain granted Havana the title of capital in 1607. So, since 1607, the capital of Cuba has remained Havana. Moving on to our last question of the day, Question number 10. What is the common name for dried plums? And the answer there is a prune. A prune is a dried plum, most commonly from the European plum. Not all plum species or varieties can be dried into prunes. A prune is the firm, fleshed fruit of Prunus domestica varieties that have a high soluble solids content and do not ferment during drying. Prunes are 64% carbohydrates, including dietary fiber, 2% protein, a rich source of vitamin K, and a moderate source of B vitamins and dietary minerals. Now, the sorbitol content of dietary fiber likely provides the laxative effect that is often associated with consuming prunes. It's probably a standard story, I suppose you would hear about prunes, is that they do act as a laxative. But before any of that, they started out as plums. Well, that will conclude this round of My Daily Trivia. If you found this round to be a bit too simple, check in tomorrow. We're going to make it a little bit harder on Wednesday. And of course, if you found this episode to be a bit too challenging, I still think you should listen tomorrow. As a matter of fact, I think you should listen every day of the week just to see if you might surprise yourself. You might know the answer to some tricky questions. I want to encourage you to tell your friends, tell your family about our show here. I'm trying to grow this into uh, the number one trivia podcast out there. 
We can't do that without your help. But I do want to thank each of you, yes, you, for listening to My Daily Trivia. I'm your host, Danny, and I will see all of you tomorrow. <laughs>